Welcome to Chatterbox Hub. This podcast aims to be your go-to resource for insights, advice and engagement with all things audio and not only. I'm Yulia Stancheva and I will be your host in this episode. In this show, podcasts are in the spotlight as we reveal how they can be a powerful marketing tool for your business strategy. We'll recap on the ways a podcast can help your business grow and all the important things you need to know before starting a podcast. Let me first introduce you my guests. Rob Lawrence, a podcast guru who specializes in teaching podcast strategy to businesses and business leaders. Mark Rice, a voice actor and podcast presenter and producer of Surviving Lockdown. Mikush Nanazi, head of sound at Alchemy Post Studios, which are part of the Chatterbox Voices family. And Camilla Luxton, managing director of Chatterbox Voices. Together with my amazing guests, which are all experts in their own field, we will try to answer some of the essential questions you may have on why and how to start a podcast for your business and what recording equipment you will need. Nowadays, businesses are increasingly using podcasts to improve their prospects. Podcasting is a powerful marketing tool as it is a great way to build trust and loyalty, reach a new audience and grow your sales and business. Why audio and in particular podcasts are such a powerful medium? And what is the driven force behind the idea of creating this podcast? I asked Camilla Luxton. That's a good question. Um, this is one of the debates that comes up every now and then uh, within the company. Is audio going to die or is it going to stay alive? Is it going to change? And I think five, ten years ago, there was a real worry that audio was going to go dead. Um, but now we've seen this um, whole revival of everything audio, including podcasts. And I think that people have had quite enough of reading, you know, you're inundated with emails, you asked to respond immediately. And so therefore, people turn to audio instead. And it's 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 easy, it's it's handy, isn't it? Because you can listen to it in the car or while you're doing other things like washing up or whatever. But it's um I am really pleased to see that there's such an increase of audio project, including podcasts and also audiobooks. So yeah, we thought why not? Why not? Why not um jump on this fantastic chance of creating our own podcasts? Rob Lawrence also gives us his perspective on why audio is such a powerful way to deliver your message and connect with people. Audio is is often seen as or heard as it's the most honest medium. And I love that. And I think what what that says to me is that actually when you take the visuals away from a video and you're just left with the audio, what you're really left with is your imagination. And of course, we know how powerful our imaginations are. And I think there's something special about just having an having a listening experience, having an audio experience. I think what visuals do is that they distract you from the audio. You almost ignore the audio. You don't subconsciously, but consciously you're not paying attention to that. You're paying attention to the visuals. But when you've only got the audio, you can only focus on the audio. So you tend to kind of lean into it. And with that, from a sort of human experience point of view, what we tend to then pick up on are the emotions in people's voices and the silences and the nuances. And I think that brings us closer to the people actually sharing the content. And often I find that the listeners that I get to speak to, the reason that they love podcasts is because they're often they often feel like they're they're the third person in a two-person conversation, you know, the fly on the wall, that kind of thing. And it's that close relationship, which is what it is that they they enjoy. What are the benefits of having a content legacy in the audio world? Let me remind you Rob's thoughts on this. 
one of the great benefits of having audio content out in the world today, particularly now that Apple and Google are transcribing audio content in the background to be used as SEO search material, indexing podcast audio as searchable content. The benefits these days of having having a content legacy, if you like, in audio uh, are becoming greater and greater. So I wouldn't hang about. Now's a really great time to start a podcast. And um, I, I would do what you can to, to get started sooner rather than later. Podcasts are becoming a valuable part of businesses' marketing strategy. Launching a podcast for your business can help you reach out to new audiences. I talked to Mark Rice, an award-winning voice actor, about his podcast, Surviving Lockdown. For Mark, his podcast is part of his marketing strategy to reach out to new prospects and venture into new marketing fields. Now, that's the key thing. It's Marketing is all about making yourself known in various different quarters. Of course it is. It's about making sure that your presence is there. So by contacting hundreds of different companies to ask if they wanted to be on Surviving Lockdown and then sending them the links, it's a way of indirect marketing to them as well. And I'm absolutely sure that quite a lot of them will come back with bookings in the coming months. And that's great. It's happening already. And I say to all the guests on the podcast, this is a marketing interview, not a journalistic interview. I'm not trying to catch you out. There is a boom of podcasts now. Podcasts are at the helm of audio's resurgence. How do you stand out and what would be your top tips to launch a successful podcast? Mm, interesting question. I didn't set out to monetize the podcast. I've said that right from the beginning. I didn't set out to get so many downloads. It's got to beat everything else. It's got to be in the charts. That's not what this podcast was for. My podcast was about getting in touch with companies, marketing to them in a different way where maybe they hadn't ever come across a voiceover artist before. So a way of kind of introducing myself to them under the radar, so to speak. It's been quite successful. I've been very impressed with it. I've been very pleased with it. And that's lovely. I also give my guests copies to put on their own websites and their own social media. So they've been doing the work themselves, you know, because it's promoting their businesses. It's been doing the work themselves. In terms of making it successful, it's about promoting it. It really is. It's about making sure that people know it's out there. Obviously, you've got it on the various different platforms. If you can get it on Apple iTunes, then um, that's great. It's not a very difficult process, but they do make you jump through a few hoops to actually get your podcast on there. I'd never done a podcast before, so I didn't know any of that. So I went to other people who run podcasts and said, kind of, what's the best way of doing it? I use Buzzsprout, uh, buzzsprout.com, um, and it's oh, it's about $12 a month if you want something like three or four hours of material per month, which I think is actually quite good value. To listen to Mark's podcast, Surviving Lockdown, and to get in touch with him, go to markrice.com. Podcasts are a great way to attract high-quality customers and clients by starting a conversation and building trust and loyalty and effective relationships with the listeners. So, you have decided podcasting is a good fit for your company. But how do you start? And what do you need to know before launching your podcast series? In business context, what are the right things to do when starting a podcast? Let's recap on our chat with the podcast guru, Rob Lawrence. So I think in the business context, when starting a podcast, the right thing to do is to have some forethought in terms of what it is that you're trying to achieve and how you believe a podcast is going to help you get there. So I think it's the, in, in the first instance, it's about getting really clear on what your the aims of your business are and how a podcast is going to serve that as part of your marketing strategy. Getting clear on who your customer is and 
understanding what their lifestyle is, understanding what their challenges and their problems are and what their needs are from a podcast perspective, the clearer you are on who it is you're trying to reach and why, the easier it is to make all the different decisions you need to make around your podcast, including things like artwork, the the equipment that you need, the format of the show, the frequency, the delivery methods, and all the rest of it. But again, I think when it comes to having a marketing strategy as a business, getting clear on who it is you're trying to reach, what your aims are, and then what it is that you're inviting them to do can be a, a really good idea to have all of those ideas up front. Because again, when you start putting a podcast show and series together, you've got all of those questions answered so that when it comes to the technical decisions and some of the aesthetic decisions in terms of the actual content that you're going to be putting together, then you can actually be quite strategic, quite smart, quite creative about how it is that you're going to actually engage people. Think about how you're going to do the podcast, so the format of your show. And often a good idea, in my opinion, is to actually listen to a load of podcasts if you're not already a podcast listener yourself. And actually many business people that I meet are very new to podcasts. They they know people that are avid podcast listeners, but they're not necessarily podcast listeners themselves. So a little bit of sort of research and education can go a long way. Start making some judgments in terms of what you like about what you hear, what you don't like about what you hear, uh, about the length and the frequency of the show, the way they produce and they share their content. And giving that lots of, of thought and consideration in terms of what is it that I would like to do or how is it that I would like my podcast to be presented or represent my business? In what way is it going to represent my business? And, and what are the right decisions here? So all of that sort of stuff um, uh, is, is really important when it comes to the, the presentation, I suppose. And now there are all sorts of benefits to having a podcast. And podcasting and podcasts are very much about the long term, the long game. And your content will compound over time and get more and more listeners. And I think the sooner that you start, it doesn't matter really. I mean, try and get it as reasonably well presented as you can, particularly if it's going to be representing your business. But the sooner you start, the better, because listeners are more than happy to go on a journey with you as you improve the quality and the format and the content of your show. Podcasts are very much the beginning of a conversation. I find that by putting a podcast out there, if you put out an, a really interesting conversation of sorts, people naturally feel inclined to get engaged. Let's recap the five steps you need to make when starting your business podcast. Step one, determine your audience. Step two, come up with a topic for your podcast. Step three, choose the podcast format and frequency. Step four, create your podcast artwork. And step five, get the right equipment. Surely, one of the important things to consider when starting a podcast for your business is choosing the right recording equipment. While pretty much anyone can start a podcast with just their desktop computer or laptop, you do need certain equipment and software to help you deliver a podcast that sounds great. So, how to choose the right equipment? And what better person to ask rather than Mikush Nanazi, head of sound at Alchemy Paul Studios, which are part of Chatterbox Voices family. But first, let's talk about the essentials, microphones. There are different types of microphones and you can uh, go for a condenser microphone or you can go for a dynamic. It also depends on what you're doing. Say you're just recording podcasts and that's all you're going to do and it's all on the fly. It's not really scripted. Then, I mean, a dynamic microphone is probably quite good for you because you're not really necessarily looking for the best of the best quality and they're easier just to set up. 
um, and the room isn't doesn't need to be treated as as much. However, if you're go, if you're going to be doing kind of scripted stuff and the quality needs to be um, up there, then you're going to want to go for a condenser microphones. They take there are various kind of different um, price ranges between those, and they you know they can start from hundred pounds to you know thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. Um, however, I do think when choosing a microphone, there are diminishing returns on how much you spend. And I usually find that around, you know, around a thousand pounds is probably where you kind of can stop um, because the, the returns that you you get after paying that sort of money is that it's not worth it. So yeah, you can get um, some some good microphones for, uh, for, for good prices, actually. So yeah, uh, the Rode NT1 is quite a good microphone. I know they do the Rode NT1A, which I think you might have as well. Um, and they're both really, really good. And there are lots of USB microphones around at the moment. Um, which are really easy to set up, and I know uh, I know Rode do one, and I think Audio Technica do one as well. Those are those are good microphones to kind of start off with, and if you want to obviously lower the budget and you don't want to pay for an interface or a preamp, then you can always go for the USB ones. Having a USB microphone is good for kind of on the go as well. So that that's that's one kind of good uh, good aspect to it. Um, the the other good aspect is. Um, that they are relatively cheap. Yeah, that's the main two kind of uh, benefits to them. The downside is is that you can't really upgrade bits and bobs or, or parts of your studio because the audio uh, interface and the built-in preamp is within the microphone. You can't then just add, um, you know, okay, I want to upgrade my preamp or I want to upgrade my microphone. It's all in one. I, I don't think the quality that you get from the, the USB microphones are on par with having a kind of a separate um, preamp and microphone. So do you choose a microphone based on the room you're recording? For example, if you can't read the room, is dynamic microphone the most usable one? As condenser microphones actually reveal all the flows in your room. So essentially you have to treat the room. Having a dynamic microphone will help with the, uh, the issues with the room to a certain point. Um, but then you obviously sacrifice the quality of not being able to have a condenser microphone. It will help, um, but if you can, obviously try to treat the room. And that, I would say, is it, is the most important thing out of, out of all of kind of setting up a home studio is getting the room as dead and isolated as possible because you can have, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds of equipment. But if you don't have a good room, it really doesn't show. How do you treat the room to keep sounds from the outside world out of your mic as much as possible? When kind of looking at the room, there are sort of two ways or two, two things to look at. There's your room isolation and then there's your uh, sort of, we'll call it room absorption or kind of uh, dampening of the, of the reflections within, within the room. Isolation is probably more difficult because um, you, yeah, you're trying to stop the outside world coming in um, and that that can usually be quite loud. Um, however, if you've got a basement, that's quite good, or any sort of like isolated space. Sometimes under the stairs, although obviously no one can use the stairs when you're recording. If you live quite high up, those can be that can be quite good as well. Although if you're on a kind of flight path, then you're a bit buggered anyway, uh, and that kind of gets you away from the outside world. Then even if you were say in a basement and you know you've you're completely isolated from outside, you can't hear any of that. If your room has it isn't treated, then you're going to get uh, reflective uh, sounds. You'll go, you're, and it's not going to work. So, 
Then there are kind of a multitude of different options that you can go with here. So you can put like a room within a room. So that means that you buy, you could buy kind of a a, a set a, a pre kind of built VO booth, um, or you can kind of makeshift it, and you can kind of get the uh, acoustic panels and start putting those in. You've probably seen these kind of uh, these acoustic panels that you see, uh, these foam panels uh, that people use. And they'll just stick those to hard surfaces. And they're actually not that great. And they don't really work that well. And what I found over this kind of, uh, this this period in our lives <laughs> uh, where everyone's been working from home is that just the, the duvets themselves are, are so much more effective. If you buy three or four duvets and you layer those up and then um, fix those to, to, to the walls, ceilings, um, and basically every single part of the uh, of the room, uh, the sound is completely dead. It's and it it sounds it sounds absolutely fine. How about choosing the right software for your podcast recording and editing? If you're using a dynamic microphone, say you're using um, an Electro Voice RE20, um, that's the microphone that you see Fraser use uh, on the series Fraser in the beginning and the intro. So kind of like a broadcast mic. So if you're using that sort of mic, they need a lot of gain. Uh, so if you're using a cheaper interface trying to get that gain out of a dynamic microphone can sometimes be quite difficult than having a a more expensive and better interface with a better preamp will get will will get you better results for the for the condenser stuff you're pretty much okay but try to stay away from the more crappy stuff i know everyone uses the um scarlet sort of like a solo and actually they're not bad they're not bad at all um they're fine um and you can start upgrading so the stuff that we use here in the studio um we're really big fans of rme That's kind of our uh, sweet spot in sort of kind of spending money, but not too much. So I know there's, I think RME do like an RME Babyface and an RME UC. Really good preamps, really good sound, and uh, not kind of extortionate, extortionate money. What options of remote recording does Alchemy Pulse Studio offer to your clients? Right. So, I mean, we pretty much offer everything apart from ISDN now, because we've moved away from that. I've really been looking into this massively um, with kind of remote recording for the last three months since uh, the pandemic. And I, I can, I pretty much think I've researched and looked into every single piece of uh, software or kind of remote recording um, platform out there. We, you know, we, we've used IPDTL, SessionLink. There's, there's a ton. We've tried them all. And what we have found is that whenever we are using uh, the browser-based uh, connections, such as uh, SessionLink Pro, um, Source Connect Now, IPDTL, um, all of them using the Opus codec, it depends on the day, right, whether or not they work. Because you can do a test with someone and then the next day you go to do the recording and it's all over the place. Mikos, due to your and the team's star of research, you have managed to find the best workarounds, solutions, and have therefore successfully produced high-quality podcasts during lockdown, as well as supporting voice actors with home studio recordings. Yeah, no, it's, it's been uh, it's been it's been my pleasure helping them out. Yeah, we're always here to help. Alchemy Pulse Studios offer remote podcast recordings. The awesome sound engineers can help set you up for your remote podcast recording. If you're not keen on setting up a home studio, you can record your podcast at Alchemy Post Studios, which are based in the heart of London in EC1A and are open and compliant with the current regulations. Camilla Luxton, 
Chatterbox Voices Managing Director explains about it. Here at Chatterbox Voices, our studios, Alchemy Post, are quite spacious and we have managed to keep them open with stringent measures in place and with clients and producers and directors attending the sessions remotely. During lockdown, we have reached out to our clients with tech support and our brilliant sound engineers have managed to find great workarounds so that we can offer remote solutions such as podcast recordings. But is it true that being physically present in the recording studio would give better audio results than recording remotely? For all audio productions, the creative process is key and so is human interaction. Professional sound recording studios, such as ours, would always be the best arena for this creative process. Being able to work together in a creative setting, feeding off the energy, makes the artistic process so much more organic. And after months of social distancing, we are all so hungry for that human connection. And when we interact with people, it really shows in the voice. There is a genuine immediacy and authenticity in the voice that will connect with audience on a whole different level. Podcast marketing is a proven way to connect with a wider audience and build trust and relationship in a way that few other forms of content can achieve. Podcasts engage the audience and influence their buying decisions positively. And all of this can be achieved without the need to break your marketing budget. Depending on your time and interests, you can also outsource everything from booking guests, recording, editing, publishing, transcription, show notes and promotion. Whatever decisions you make for your business podcast, the biggest and most important decision of all is to start the podcast at all. After all, doing something bold or unique could translate to big growth for your business. And did I mention that it's great fun too? Surely you will be asking what would be the return on the investment in podcasting for your business and how do you measure that? Rob Lawrence will help me with the answer. The, the return on investment conversation is always an interesting one to have around podcasting because it's like I was thinking about this the other day and it kind of dawned on me it's like you know how do you measure the return on investment with the relationship with your children or how do you measure the return on investment of your marriage you don't, you don't really measure that do you it's something that you you, you believe in and and I think podcasts are the same it's like you, you should be producing it because you've got something to say you care passionately about something that you want to share with other people and and that's the it, it, it's a gift you're giving a gift to people but at the same time they're going to pay you back with trust and credibility because if you spend enough time in that space and you hang around long enough people will learn to trust and care uh, about you too and i think as a business particularly you know with recent events and where i think the economy and how the economy is changing these days people's buying characteristics are changing the brands that people are choosing to buy from these days tend to put people in the environment first for example uh, they're not just buying based on 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 um marketing and 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 what the the product does they want to know what your brand stands for and what impact it's having on the world positively or otherwise before they make an investment with you and i think a great way to demonstrate what it is that you care about is through audio if indeed that's where the people that you're trying to reach are your business podcast can help give your company a face As customers like when they feel a connection with the person or company they are buying from. Sometimes it's the unexpected things that can truly revolutionize a business, and podcasting can be one of them. 
Hope we all helped you get a clear idea about why and how podcasts can help your business grow. And hope this show gave you more insight into why and how to start your podcast series. And if you need more tips on podcasting, go back to episode 6, where you can listen to the whole interview with the podcast guru Rob Lawrence. You can also find Rob at roblawrence.co. If you would like to find out more about how Chatterbox can help with your audio requirements, you can get in touch at info at chatterboxvoices.co.uk or you can contact Chatterbox Voices on Twitter, Facebook, Insta or LinkedIn. This podcast was brought to you by Chatterbox Voices, hatched, presented and produced by me, Yulia Stancheva, with special thanks to my guests, Rob Lawrence, Mark Rice, Mikush Nanazi and Camilla Luxton. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed the show, please do leave a rating as this really helps our podcast grow. Chat, 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 chat,